Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Alana, ADHD coach and social worker. I figured out how to manage my ADHD and now I help others do the same through one-on-one coaching, my content on Instagram, my courses, and through this podcast. My best friend Sam and I started this podcast to help you feel seen and understood in your ADHD symptoms. Each week we explore a variety of different topics all about challenges related to our ADHD and ways that we can better work through them. As always, thank you so much for your support, and we hope you like this episode. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alana. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm good. Wait, you have some news to share. I do. I'm officially moving to New York. I got an apartment. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm like living out a dream. You said that you were like, I feel, and I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this. You're like, I feel like it's just all falling into place and maybe it's a bit too easy. And I had to remind you, I was like, it wasn't easy. Maybe yeah. it's falling into place now, but this has been months and months and months of like disappointment and like having to rearrange your plans and feeling stressed out. And like, it has not, I want to remind you, this has been a difficult time. It has. And I think also a little bit of what happened is what I thought I wanted, you know, the universe kind of gave me something different. And I think like, that's more of what I needed. And so maybe like the timing, like, I just think it was all working towards, you know, this, hopefully. And I think it's so good because it's like rearranging your expectations is such a difficult skill to build up. And I don't, you'll have to tell me if this is an ADHD sensitive thing or not. But when I find myself like incapable sometimes of doing something, if it doesn't like exactly follow my expectations, and I think part of that is an anxiety thing. Like I prepare myself for something so that there's no surprises. And then there are a lot of surprises, but I don't know. I just sometimes like, it is so difficult to like make a life change and like make a plan and try and preempt things. And then it goes totally differently. And it just, I think, takes me a lot longer to readjust. Totally. And that is an ADHD thing, like adapting as we go. And it's it's a challenge. And I know that also for me, sometimes it's like, I just want to be so in control of it, of everything. Yeah. Of, like me thinking that something has to work out, like step one, step two, step three, is me trying to be overly controlling and being like, it has to be like this, you know? Yeah. Like I'm going on dates with this guy right now who like, will plan really, really nice and thoughtful dates. And I want to be like, oh, surprise me. But then I'm like, wait, but what am I going to wear? And like, what type of shoes should I wear? And Should I bring this bag or that bag? And like, what type of food am I going to order? Should I eat now or should I eat later? Like, I'm like, why am I so, I want to be such a go with the flow up for anything person. And I do think I'm a lot better at it now than I used to be, but in my brain, I'm like, wait, there's so many logistics I need to figure out. I know, like, what type of shoes, you know? <laughs> like The simplest things to, like, and I'm not saying I'm the type of person that, like, looks at a dinner menu before I go to dinner. I know that there's a lot of people that like to know where mm-hmm. they're going to dinner. Yeah, you are one of those people where you're going to dinner. What am I going to order? I don't really care about that so much. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, it is a lot of just, like, I need to know the mood and what I'm going to be walking into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which makes planning a surprise date impossible. 
It's so funny. Okay, so my last relationship, like years ago, this guy lived really close to a lot of his family members. And he started, he would be like, oh, we should go say hi to my uncle. So we would go like immediately turn into this other house. I'd walk in and like five family members. I know Sam, you guys can't see, but Sam's jaws dropped. Like that is so stressful. Unacceptable. Oh my God. I would crawl inside of my own skin. That is awful. Very quickly. It became a thing that I had to communicate. (laughs) Like I need warnings and I need to mentally prepare. I'm not like, you know, it wasn't like I couldn't socialize you know, it was fine, but I would have preferred to be able to mentally prepare for what I'm walking into. You know, my ex would do this a lot. He had a lot of really close friends, like friends he's known since he was like a young kid and stuff. Mm-hmm. And near the end, like as we got more comfortable and I met them a bunch of times, it, it wasn't as scary, but he'd be like, oh, Kermit and Javier are coming over. And I'd be like, wait, what? Wait, yeah. what? Your best friends in the entire world are just going to show up. I don't have anything to give them. I don't know. I'm like such a preparer I'm like and he's like we're at my apartment you don't need to do anything and I'm like but these are your people like you can't just spring your people on me like that no like I mean also shocker that things didn't work out between me and that person like you know someone who understands me you know I think to be fair to him I think I would do that a lot with him like you know my relationship with my parents is very chill and whatever yeah. and we'll go out to dinners and it's like not like a family affair it's more just like oh I don't have any dinner plans I'll see what my mom and dad are doing mm-hmm. so I would be like do you want to go get dinner with my parents and he'd be like wait <laughs> no <laughs> what do you mean and I would be like it's okay it's just like burgers you know yes. it's not like that big of a deal but I think to other people it is a big deal well this is the thing I'm allowed to spring something like that on my significant other but they can't spring it onto me <laughs> Exactly. See, you get me. Yeah, exactly. No, I can do it. That's not the problem. We have to like explain that to other people. I know. I know. It's hilarious. But yeah, so all that, I don't even know how we got in that, but I'm really excited for New York. (laughs) (laughs) So a while back, we had an episode about emotional dysregulation and how people with ADHD struggle with regulating emotions and working emotions, identifying their emotions, a whole bunch of challenges. And I thought it'd be great to kind of revisit it and talk a little bit more about, you know, what that looks like and how we can better understand our own emotional regulation. I love that because I think that emotional dysregulation might be one of those grandfather topics that like seeps into every other area. Because when I can't process and name my emotions, it affects my concentration. It affects my confidence. It affects my sleeping, you know, like literally everything. And I feel like I've gone through a phase of life in the past month or so that has been, it's felt very chaotic and not just like with myself. Like I'll never know when I, sometimes, some days I wake up and I'm so anxious that I can barely breathe. And then other days I wake up and I'm in a very silly mood. Like it's difficult for me to know what I'm waking up to and to not even trust in your own ability to regulate yourself, like it's a really, really uncomfortable and slightly scary place to be. It it is. I remember when I first recorded this, I told, I said this the first time around that emotional dysregulation, like when I first learned about it, this is the thing that connected all the dots, like for Mm -hmm. me, my ADHD journey, because I just felt like there were so many like 
feeling like emotions that I honestly couldn't manage. And that thing made me feel so much more like different from other people. And I couldn't name it because when you don't, you don't know the name of something. So you don't know what it is. It's just a whole bunch of stuff. Stuff. Well, and it's so funny too, because like I was talking to a close family friend who has a younger son, he's six. And I mean, I am not a child psychologist. And also, obviously, she was telling me how she's, she sees some ADHD tendencies in her son. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, to be completely honest with you, like, yes, the attention and the distraction and the chaotic energy, but that that's a thing, but that is such a small part of what ADHD is. You know, look at how he regulates his emotions around other people. Look at how he processes things. You know, how does he view himself and how does he view pressure? Like, I think it's so funny to me that we've come such leaps and bounds in mental health awareness and you know especially with ADHD but still falling back on is my son can't concentrate in school and I'm like yeah but that is you know a drop in the ocean of what you should be looking at and emotional dysregulation he gets so worked up over stuff and takes a very long time to come down off of it he's very like up and down with his emotions and his regulation and so i always tell her i'm like you should look at that also you know like none of it is bad but it would be good it would be so much can you imagine the force of nature you and i would have been if we were learning about this when we were 10 rather than when we're 27 28 yeah no it would have made such a huge difference totally and at least now it is better but yeah Even with that, of course, like you said, so many people, it's still not really known that the emotional dysregulation part is one of the primary things of ADHD, not just the attention. And I know like for me, that was way more problematic in my life and in my relationships and in my, you know, like that is, was such a bigger deal. Yeah. Other stuff, because the truth is, you know, I mean, you could, I found other ways of learning other ways to help myself, you know, but until you pinpoint that, like you're having trouble managing emotions how are you supposed to know what to address you know you know my other long-standing issue I think that it's caused me is to like hide different parts of my personality or dampen things in order to make things a little easier for myself and I don't really know sometimes how to communicate myself or like how to show up to things because I'm so used to just shoving all of these things down in an effort to make it easier on myself and the people around me and I just you know it's, it's harder to learn lessons as an adult when I've been doing this for so long, as opposed to just embracing these things and learning to weave them into my life. So, you know, sympathize with you guys is the point, I guess. Something that I think is really helpful is to kind of go through the process of emotional responses and like name it. So I'm going to give you guys an example first of what happened last night. And then we're going to talk about this. So last night I went to Target, I was getting a bunch of stuff for the new apartment all good stuff. But it was like eight o'clock. Like it was late. I don't know why I really did it that late, but I was like already tired, but I was there. And then there was a long line. So it took longer than I thought, whatever. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of stuff and I drive all the way home and I get home and I bring the stuff inside. And I realized that one of the bags that had probably over $50 of stuff in there, like wasn't there. And so I had left it at the counter. Oh my God. At Target? At Target. And so immediately, like I realized it and I just, I feel like this week 
I've been misplacing things so much. Like I've been running around my house looking for, like, I don't know what it is, but right now I'm really like just losing track of everything. I call Target, no one's answering, but I was driving back already because I needed to get the stuff. At this point, I'm in tears because I'm just frustrated, you know? You have to go all the way back. All the way back, no one's answering. And on the phone, which means I don't know when I get there, if they even have it, you know? Yeah. Um, So on this drive, I'm honestly ruminating on like, I am the worst. Like I'm spending my whole week, like fixing my little mistakes like this. Like I have such big things I need to be handling right now. Like this move, I don't have time for like these tiny things, but they're not tiny, you know, but they're things that I messed up. So that I ended up going back and the stuff was there. All was fine. Crisis handled, you know, but the reason I want to give you guys this example is because here's kind of the process of how our emotions work. So pretty much what happens is we have something like a prompting event or something that triggers our first emotion. So that can be like an external event or an internal event. So even that could be like a thought we have. It can be a combination of both. It can Mm -hmm. be the fact that you left your thing at Target and like you have to go back. Mm -hmm. The next thing is then we have the interpretation and the secondary emotion. And so what this is, this is where all of those feelings that we have about ourselves past things we've struggled with, rejection, sensitivity, like the secondary emotion that I was feeling in that moment was why can I not keep track of anything this week? You know, anything, right? Nothing. And like, it wasn't, so that's the secondary emotion is now I just feel horrible about myself. Yeah. Also because of my interpretation of the situation. Then of course we get a physical response our heart's beating really fast or we're fidgeting, you know, whatever that looks like. My hands, like my palms get really itchy and like, I can feel like the blood in my face. Like I don't, you know, when you get really embarrassed and you just see your face gets really hot when I get so frustrated and angry like that, like my, I just feel it in my cheeks. It's very uncomfortable. It is. Oh my gosh. I hate that. Following those physical response. Then we have the expression or the reaction. So pretty much how are we going to act based on those feelings that we're experiencing? So our action that we take from that. Mm -hmm. So what I want to highlight here is the goal of identifying these different steps is that we can, like we can know what we're starting to feel and make adjustments and try and do whatever we can to kind of control that next step. Right. So we can feel something and acknowledge it. And those feelings are still valid, but we just want to also be able to ask ourselves is dealing with it like this actually helpful. Well, and I think that's so hard. Obviously, like what you're saying is not easy and you know that and I know that and everyone knows that, but it's like so difficult on a very specific level to like in the middle of feeling all of that on top of feeling overwhelmed on top of dealing with the shame or the anger or whatever the secondary emotion is and how you feel about yourself. You then have to stop yourself and be like, wait, is this actually helpful? And the answer is always no, it's not going to be helpful. But I think it's so difficult to like, stop a train that's already moving, you know? 100%. And I think the way I think about it is like the only thing that's harder is when you don't even know what's happening. You know what I mean? Like we don't even know, like at least if we can start to feel these physical things and we know what's happening, we can work towards that. I think you're so right. It goes back to like naming your emotion and stuff. Half the time you don't even know what's happening. You just know it is happening. Yeah. I used to, okay, holidays, I would get so overstimulated, specifically like the Jewish holidays. There's just like a lot of people around. Everyone is loud all the time. I've been, I've been to Jewish holidays at your house. It's a lot. It's (laughs) It's a lot. 
It is. And the thing that I didn't realize growing up was that me feeling overstimulated, like that was the, you know, prompting event. That was the thing that triggered everything. Yeah. Makes me feel so uncomfortable and irritable that I'm literally mean to the people that I love. Like I, I, to my mom and all this stuff. And I did not know that until years later. And I was like, okay, at least now I know that I can go take five minutes by myself and take a moment because if not, it's just such, it's like, how do you stop that train? You know? Well, and it's so funny that you say that that happens literally when we're babies, hangry, is what yeah. you're talking about. You know, you're, you're, you have this outside external event. I forgot to eat. I'm not fueling my body because of that. I'm irritable. I'm cranky. Someone asks me if I've eaten, that makes me feel stupid. So I'm going to lash out at them instead of saying, no, that would probably be helpful, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I get, you know, it's just like this never ending cycle. When, if I could just recognize, oh, when was the last time I ate? It's like you fall prey to your emotions instead of questioning their origin. You're like, I feel angry, so I'm angry, and now I'm going to be angry instead of being like, I feel angry. Okay, I wonder why. Right. And the thing that I think is so important to highlight is all these emotions are so valid and important to recognize. But the point of acknowledging like step two, step three is like, because then comes the secondary emotion from that. And that, you know what I mean? So like, I'm feeling overstimulated. That is valid. We just want to make sure like, how can I recognize that early enough until before that turns into me being rude, you know? I think that the first step is not, it's, and you're going to agree with me when I say this, us saying, okay, I'm not going to be rude anymore. That's just not logical. Like you are, you know, you're learning and you're getting better. And I think the first step and the first place to start is like, okay, so you feel overstimulated and then you get nasty. When you're already being nasty, instead of continuing down that path, just take a second to question where you think it is and then you'll be able to trace it back to the overstimulation. And then hopefully in time, you'll get better when you when then you'll start to recognize, oh, I am overstimulated right now. And I know that if I keep doing this, I'm going to get mean. So it's like, I think that we all want to be able to start at step one with I'm overstimulated. I let me fix this before I get mean. But the lot, like, I think the more logical thing is we will find ourselves in step two, which is being mean. And then we'll have to question why are we being this way? And then hopefully in time, we'll be able to not get mean at all. You know, I'm glad you said that because you're right. It's not realistic. Like for the first time to say that again. I was like, that's the word I was looking for. I said logical, but it's really just realistic, you know? No, totally. Especially when we do this like the first few times. And then also, I know for me and you, how guilty then do we feel when we are mean leading to another negative emotion? So what we're trying to do is just create space between whatever we're feeling and the action that we take from that. All we're doing is trying to create space there. And because of our heightened emotions with ADHD, these steps go a lot quicker is what I'm, my whole point of, you know, like for someone without ADHD, it is easier to do this and to regulate. And this is literally one of the challenges with ADHD that's so difficult. I love what you said about just creating space. Like that's not even a call to action. That's not even a, you guys need to fix this about yourself. It's just like, take some, get some perspective. Cause it's kind of like, Okay, when you're having relationship troubles and you confide to a friend about it, the answer seems so obvious to them because they have space from the situation. But when you're in it and it's happening to you and you're trying to deal with it as it comes, it is so not easy to see what you should do. 
Yeah. Even though they say it out loud and you're like, oh yeah, that's what I should do. And if the roles were reversed and your friend was going through what you were going through, you would have the perfect answer for them. Like that's one of the mysteries of being human, I think is why it is so difficult for us to get perspective in our own situation. But sadly, I think with ADHD and especially emotional dysregulation, since it really does come from within us, you have to be your own champion for getting better at this. Like no one can do it for you like that. Right. Like no one can feel those, you know, physical reactions. Only you can know what that is. The last thing that I find really helpful in kind of picturing our threshold for this stuff. So zone of tolerance, think of the zone of tolerance. This is the space that we're in when we're regulated, meaning when we can manage our emotions, when we're calm, when we're able to cope. So that is the zone of tolerance. That is what we want to be in, right? Now, above it and below it, we have two different sections that I want to touch on. So we have hyperarousal, which is anxiety or fight or flight or like racing thoughts. That's like the hyperarousal. That's when our brain is a little bit overloaded, right? Like something's, there's too much coming in. And then below the zone of tolerance, we have hypoarousal when we're feeling either like disassociated, depressed, like unattached from things. Chaos on top. And then disassociation on the bottom. At least that's what it is for me. Exactly. Exactly. And so the challenge, and everyone, it's so different. And like some of us do spend more time in the hypo arousal, like that might look more like depression. And then other people, it might look more of the always like fight or flight or intrusive thoughts, like being too engaged with the world around us kind of. So the whole goal of all this is like, if we just want to be more aware of anything we can do to stay in that zone of tolerance. And we do that through like understanding how we process emotions. If we're starting to feel a physical reaction, like what changes can we make? What can we adjust to support ourselves to kind of stay in that safer place? You know, I, I'm always struck by these moments, but I'm having this moment right now where I'm so grateful for this because like, I never knew there was terminology about stuff. And I am so you know me, I'm so prone to overthinking and intrusive thoughts and like everything is always my fault all the time and I should have done this better and I should have known better and stuff. So it's like so comforting to know that that's an actual thing. That's not my fault. Totally. I I know. And it's so ADHD, the fact that it's like, we're always, it's one extreme or the other. And it's so difficult because I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm always either so disassociated, so in that one place or so painfully overwhelmed like there's just it's always the extremes with us why can't it just be like just as for a second just chill (laughs) just like a little bit relax you know (laughs) don't be don't be anxious don't be anxious (laughs) so i think this is just kind of helpful in understanding this process of what goes on in our minds the best piece of advice is just to name the feeling. Well, thanks for teaching us something. Of course. Thank you. You're moving next in 10 days. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You have one more episode in the old house. And then in the next episode, you guys shall be coming from a new location. I know. New studio. (laughs) And I'll come out and visit you in September. So we'll do a in-person one soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope that everybody has a wonderful rest of your week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye guys. 
As always, thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode. You can find me on Instagram at coachingbyalana, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, write us a review so we can help share this information with more of you. As always, thank you so much for the support, and we will talk to you next week.